Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so I wanted to start off tonight by doing something kind of fun. You may or may not know some of these. Some of them are more old school. Some of them are more new school. So just follow along with me. If you know how this song continues or ends, I want you to sing it with me as we go. And you might be like, what in the world are you doing? Just hang with me for a second, okay? So the younger people might know this one. Hey, I just met you. And this is... Yeah, what about this one? Sweet Caroline. Okay, okay. (laughs) What about, it's fun to stay at the... Yeah, guys, wow, this is going great. What about... Guys, you are good. Okay, what about this? Stop in the... Wow. Oh, you can keep going. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, what about this one? I want to hold your hand. Nice, guys. Wow. Okay, so where all this came from. I was just listening to music one day, and I thought, most of us know more song lyrics than we know the Word of God. And I was thinking about that for myself. Like, I was thinking about all the songs that I know. And I don't even always know. I mean, I know those songs. But I don't even always know what's on the radio. It's kind of like I don't even know what they're saying now. I don't know if that's, like, a part of getting older. (laughs) Like, what are we singing about (laughs) right now? Like, the songs in the 90s are so much better. And even honestly, okay. I was raised on the 60s and 70s. Like, the Carpenters. Oh, wow, there's just a lot. I could just go, okay. But I was thinking about how most of us, we know these song lyrics by heart, but we don't know the word of God by heart. And we're investing in something that's not going to really do anything for us. So I'm not saying don't listen to music because I love music, but just hang with me for a second. Because song lyrics won't set you free. They won't give you power or wisdom or help you lead yourself to have eternal transformation. But God's word will. And so then I started thinking about, you know, there's a proverb in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Okay, I've been having this thought a lot. I'm sure you've, you've seen it or heard it in the Bible, but have you ever heard purpose in your heart? Have you ever heard that before? Well, for me, I was kind of wondering, like, where does that come from? What does that mean? Because I think it's easy to say purpose in your heart. Like, you just got a purpose in our heart. And we can hear this, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And we don't really even know what that means. And it's not about memorizing scriptures. It's not about not listening to music. But it's all about what you're investing in yourself. Because what you invest in yourself is either going to help you, hurt you, or do nothing for you. You know, heart... It occurs in the Bible over a thousand times, making it the most common anthropological term in Scripture, which if you don't know what that word means, just means a study relating to humankind. Okay? And it's important because everything that you do comes from what you decide in your heart. 
You know, a lot of us, we think, well, I'm deciding things in my mind, but you're actually not. Proverbs 4.23 says, above everything else, guard your heart. Everything you do comes from it. You're in charge of guarding your own heart. It's not God's job. It's not your pastor's job. It's not your friend's job. It's your job to guard your heart. And we have to build walls around ourselves with the truth of God. That's why knowing his word is so important. You know, I had this thought the other day while we were in worship. I don't know why I think a lot when music's happening. <laughs> it's just what, how my brain works. But I was in worship, and I was, I was raising my hands, and I was singing this song, and I was thinking, wow, how amazing is worship? Because you're actually speaking out the word of God and you're giving authority to God in your life and taking away authority from the enemy and you're just singing to a tune. It's so powerful what comes out of your mouth, what you engage with, what you put into yourself. And this truth of God, it'll actually help you follow in the ways of God. Because if you know the truth, you guys know what the Bible says about that? The truth will set you free. But do you know it's the truth that you believe? Because the truth is the truth, no matter what you like to think about the truth. It's the truth you apply. And so I was thinking about how, you know, recently there's these scriptures that keep popping in my mind of purpose in your heart. And the Bible doesn't say believe it with your mind or know it with your thoughts. It says purpose in your heart. So I decided to research about what this meant. And from an ancient viewpoint, the heart was a central organ that moved the rest of your body. This emotional state of your heart that we think of as your heart or your, your emotional center, it actually drives the rest of your person. Did you know that your brain or your heart has brain cells? I don't know about you, but I've been in situations before where it's like I go somewhere and it's not my brain that's hurting. It's like all of a sudden something will remind me of something and it's like, oh, that hurt my heart. Think about the things we say like that. Like that broke my heart, that hurt my heart. Or I don't like the way that made my heart feel. Your heart has memory. It has an ability to think. What's fascinating about the heart is that it contains a little brain. The human heart, in addition to other functions, actually possesses what's called a heart brain. And it's composed of about 40,000 neurons that can sense, feel, learn, and remember. There are actually cases that have happened where people have had heart transplants and they've been able to catch the killer of that person because their heart remembered who did it. There's so many studies out there like that. But I just think it's interesting because we sometimes put off what our heart leads us to do. You know, we hear things like, follow your heart. But we should actually be following God, not our heart. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Isn't that weird that the scriptures knew before we knew scientifically that your heart could think? That's kind of crazy. It's because God made you and he knows how he made your heart. So your heart is thinking. And when your heart comes into alignment with here, guess what? That's how you act. That's how you live. That's how you speak. More specifically, you know, you think about your eyes. They were meant to see and your ears. They were meant to hear. But the heart was meant to help us understand to discern, to give us insight. You know, Jewish scribes, they translated into the Bible into Greek about 200 B.C. In the Hebrew text of this certain verse in Proverbs 2.10, it says, Wisdom will enter your heart. By wisdom will come into understanding. Because to them, understanding and your heart was the same thing. 
You know, when a person lacks insight, the Hebrew, uh, they speak that they had a lack of heart. When you lacked insight, you had a lack of heart. And you know, as the mouth will reveal what's in the heart, the ear determines what goes into the heart. You know, the heart plans, it makes commitments, it decides. And in Proverbs 16, 9, it says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. I love the story of Daniel. This is where a lot of the, this verse context that we know comes from. In Daniel 1, 8, it says, Daniel purposed in his heart to not do what others did. And for those of you that knew the historical context of that, basically what happened back in the day is they were overthrown and these boys got taken, they were taken captive and they were gonna be trained under this, what we would consider, okay, like a foreign God or a pagan God or a false God. And they were not allowed to serve their God. They changed their names. They made them eat certain things. And most of the people that were taken, they were, they were taken as slaves, right? But they were taken to be like the next protégés in the country because they were young and they were healthy. And so what happened with Daniel and his brothers and some of the people around him is that they gave them like, this new set of rules, this new way of living, but we cannot serve God by a set of rules. We have to purpose in our heart. And I love Daniel in this story because he purposed in his heart that he would obey God over any law. And that was his testimony. It wasn't about not eating food or not doing this or not doing that. It was he already knew who he was before he was ever taken or challenged or tested. He knew who he was in his heart. And you know, Jesus said that it was out of our heart that the issues of life will proceed. It's the things that we put into our bodies that are not the most important. It's the things that we allow to live in our heart. And you know, Daniel, he determined, he purposed in his heart the things that he was going to do in his life. You know, but also Ezra, in the Bible, purposed in his heart. In Ezra 7.10, we see, for Ezra had prepared or purposed his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to do it himself and also to teach the people of God to do the same. Ezra read and shared God's word to the people from every day until the entire word was read and understood. I don't know how long that took, but sometimes I read scripture and I'm like, what is that saying? So I don't know how long that was, but that might've been a while. But during that time, they were actually building and protecting their homeland because there was people that were trying to come all around them and oppress them and, inv and invade their area, but yet they took time to seek God and understand his word. You know, the opposite of Daniel and Ezra was Rehoboam, who was Solomon's son. He actually, in Second Chronicles, it says that he did evil because he had not prepared his heart to seek the Lord. Now we see these contrasts, right? purpose in your heart. You know, for those of us that think that we can just purpose in our heart by accident or by default, you're wrong. And this is something that I'm learning because I have to intentionally choose, consciously choose to purpose in my heart. The Hebrew word translated for purposed means to set something or someone as the standard. You see, Daniel determined that he was gonna do this. Ezra determined that they were gonna have standards, that they were gonna put something in place in their heart, that they were gonna follow God. And therefore their life followed that purpose. You know, I wanna be like Daniel and Ezra, that no matter where I go, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what comes my way, I take the time to seek God's word and to know it. 
but that I can know it in such a way that it's who I am. That no matter what people say about me, no matter what, what happens in the economy or in the world or, or in the weather, that I've purposed in my heart. And I know, like God calls you his child. He calls you an heir. But some of us don't live like that. Some of us don't operate that way because we haven't accepted it in our heart. You maybe know it here, but it hasn't gotten here. And so therefore, your, your, your little brain is competing against your big brain. <laughs> and you have this conflict going on of like, well, I know I'm a child of God, but I don't know that I'm a child of God. And I know in my own life, I've had times where it's like, I, I know something, but it's not enough to be transformational to where I actually live it out. But if you believe something enough, you should be able to live it. So if there's something in your life, you know, I love the scripture where it says, like, you know, give God all your heart. <laughs> Trust in him with all your heart. Why? Because we hold back pieces for ourselves. We hold back pieces that we think, oh, we know, we don't like to say this, but we know better. We don't need God for that. Or I don't really want God to tell me his perspective on that one. I don't really want to give him that part. You know, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, let each one do as he has purposed in his heart. You have to purpose in your heart. You know, the word purpose, it carries this idea of a decided resolution. Daniel had decided who he was and committed to who he was before the test came. Have you decided? Have you decided in your marriage, in your job, with your kids, in your life, with your finances, before the test comes, before the hard time comes? Because you can already have a set heart. And no matter what happens around you, it doesn't change here. The phrase purpose in your heart could be translated to a decided direction, a commitment to follow God over what you feel, over what you see, over what you know. I've recently been making an effort to try to listen to God even in the smallest decisions. I will tell you, I um, still fail a lot. <laughs> But I've been actively trying to be aware of this every day to say, okay, God, I need your help with this. What should I do? Not just with like the big life decisions, but with the little decisions. And what I've come to realize is that what I do is motivated by what I decide or make most important to me. And if I make myself most important to me, there's not going to be any room for God. If I make my job most important to me, or if I make my even kids more important to me than God, or if I make whatever, that promotion more important than where God has me, if I make something more important, if I make a voice, a voice more important than God, that's what I'm going to be motivated by. And I've realized in my life there's, there's areas that I'm acting in that are not motivated by God. They're motivated by hurt. They're motivated by fear. They're motivated by anger. They're motivated by my own rebellious ways. I don't know if anyone else in there kind of has those. I have some. <laughs> I was just telling someone today, if I ask a friend, like, hey, should I wear this? And they're like, no, you should wear that one. Or I think that one's better. I'm like, I'm going to wear the other one. Like, I don't know what that is about me. But I need God's help with that. Like, it sounds funny. But, like, whatever that is inside of me. You know, Matthew 6, 21 says, your heart will always pursue what you value as a treasure. 
Instead of following our heart and leaning to our own understanding, we must instead lead our heart to trust God and his plan for us. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to see God. Some of us aren't seeing God move in our life, and it's because our heart doesn't have a purpose. God could be moving right here, but we're like, yeah, whatever. And then we get upset, and we're like, God, where were you? He was like, I was over here moving. Jeremiah 29.13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You can't seek God with your Sunday and expect for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to be okay. We have to seek God with all of our heart. Not just when everything's going okay in our marriage and we pray together and it's nice. I'm like, hmm. Oh man, like not whenever our friends are cool with us or our boss is treating us right or we got what we wanted to happen. We have to like choose to give God everything. I want a life characterized by God's perspective, not my own. And if I let my heart lead me or I let my thoughts lead me, I'm not going to have a very good life. You can make your own plans. You can. The Bible even says this. You can make your own plans, but it's only God's plan that will enable you to win. In Proverbs 19.21, it says, People might make many plans, but what the Lord says is what will happen. We cannot wait until we feel like doing the right thing in our marriage, feel like doing the right thing in our job or relationships, or even with God, because sometimes in your life it might be too late. At the point you might feel like it, it might be too late. Because most likely, you know what? You're never going to feel like doing the right thing. I don't ever feel like doing the right thing. I don't know, like, if some, like, some people, like, my mom and my sister and, like, kind of my brother, like, they feel like doing the right thing, I feel like. I don't feel that way. I want to do the, the other thing. You know, I was, I was watching this movie it's a dog movie. It's out right now in the theaters. Okay, I like dogs. But I was watching this movie, and I, my husband was laughing at me because I started taking notes. I do that in movies. <laughs> Maybe you should do that. I don't know. I just try to learn from everything. And so um, I, we were watching this movie, and I'm just going to read these three lines to you that I heard, and then I'm going to kind of give you some of my thought process on it. But it says, the car goes where your eyes go. No one wins in the first curve, but they sure do lose there. Racers don't just have to go fast. They have to avoid wrecks. When I was hearing those lines, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like, I get that. Like, the first one, car goes where your eyes go. Wherever your focus, wherever your purpose is, that's where you're going to go. So if God, if, he, if his way always wins and you're not with him, you're not going to win for very long. It might look kind of okay right now, but it's not going to end up well. No one wins in the first curve, but they sure do lose there. The thing about Daniel, he had already decided and purposed in his heart who he was. So when the curve came, he didn't lose. He didn't fail. Hey, you know, the cool thing about the Bible is it's mostly a story of people that failed and God helped them. Like, I've failed a lot in my life. I've lost races 
in my life before on the first curve. Like, you know, life takes curve. You're like, hey, like, I don't know. Have you ever been in a car? I was in the car with my dad this last week, and he was just driving this car. And me and my husband were just going all over the back seat, you know. (laughs) And I was just, we were like laughing about it. But doesn't that feel what life feels like sometimes? Like you have this plan. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, okay. But guess what doesn't change your purpose? Anything. Nothing can change your purpose. So if you haven't decided intentionally to purpose your heart on God, do not be surprised when you face hard times and you crash and you start getting confused about who you are. What am I doing? What is the point of this life? Most anxiety and depression happens because you don't have a purpose. It's not because you actually don't have one. You just haven't chosen it. I've had anxiety attacks. I've faced depression. Those things are real, but they're not more real than God. And I've come, I've come to a place in my life where I've purposed in my heart that when those things try to shout louder at me and be stronger than the peace of God, than the joy of God and the presence of God, all I have to do is remind myself of who I am. The devil has no power over your life that you don't give him. He's not stronger than you because God lives in you. And if he doesn't, we can, we can change that right now. You know, we have to have a conqueror mentality before you ever conquer it in real life. You have to choose, I am who God says I am before you ever feel like it. Freedom, freedom and, and these things we're talking about, this direction that you can go in with peace, it's not something that happens because you just know all the answers. It's because you know whose you are. When you know whose you are, he helps you along the way with the answers. And this happens when you have a purpose in your heart. So don't follow your heart, purpose in your heart to follow Jesus. In my research, what I've found is a purposed heart doesn't happen here because you can come to this church on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Sundays, and you can feel the same every single week, but you can know the truth but the truth won't set you free until you know it here too. You have to believe it enough to know it here too. Because guess what? Whenever someone, something tries to break your heart, you know, when someone hurts you, you're not like, my brain's broken. (laughs) My heart gets broken. Your heart is what holds on to unforgiveness. It's not your brain. You know what they did, but what keeps you there? Your heart, because your heart remembers. I want my heart My goal in my life is I want my heart to remember the goodness of God over anything else. Because God has been way too good to us for anything else to override that. And it's a journey. It's not like something that just happens and then you're like, I'm done. It's a daily journey. That's why in my life I'm going, okay, God, I need you to help me with this little stuff because the little stuff adds up to the big stuff. And we find ourselves in places where we don't even realize how did we get here? It was all the little things. So tonight we have this opportunity and, you know, before we take communion together, I want to give you an opportunity to to get to know the person who made you and loved you and loves you. 
No matter what you've done, no matter where you've come from, no matter how you see yourself, he sees you as worth it enough that he sent his son for you, that he gave everything that was most valuable to him for you. And so tonight, I just want us to say this together, and maybe this is a decision you're making tonight, and I just want you to repeat this along with all of us that are gonna say it with you. And let's rededicate some of us tonight that we're gonna purpose in our heart that we are who God says we are, that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. So let's say this prayer together. Say, God, I want more of you. Forgive me for any mistakes I've made. Come into my heart. Change my mind. I believe that you are who you say you are. And I accept you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Keela Craft Ambrose.